Hey everyone, Ben here and welcome to Motivation to Invest. Today we're going to be joined by a very special guest. His name is Ramin. He's a former investment banker and strategist at a major Swiss investment bank. He's also the author of two books on finance and he's an extremely well-educated guy. So he's got a physics degree and a doctorate from the Imperial College in London and a postdoc from Oxford University. Ramin has a fantastic YouTube channel you guys should check out called Pension Craft, which focuses on macroeconomic investing, index funds, ETFs, and much, much more. So I'll link to his channel down below. Be sure to check out that channel and hit that subscribe button on his channel. So in this video, Ram is gonna share with us some of his incredible investing wisdom and maybe even some investing tips. So I thought we kick things off. What was your motivation to invest? Hey, it was, I'd been exposed to stocks and investment when I was a kid, because I watched this, this film called Trading Places and I just thought, that's incredible. You know, how did they do that? You know, they, they found yeah. out about this orange crop that went bad and then they could trade commodities around it. Eddie Murphy film was that? It was Eddie Murphy and yeah. Dan Aykroyd. And it was, a, yeah. it was a comedy, right? But it yeah, was I've seen that. But I think what's interesting is that at that point, I thought you could, you know, beat the market. And, you know, later on, I left academia and I went into uh, do a contract for a company called CityWire. Mm. And what they did was to actually track the companies. Well, they'd look for funds. And then they'd find the fund managers, which were the best performers, because, of course, it's the fund manager which generates the outperformance. That's the idea. And if they leave a company, like if they move from Jupiter to set up their own fund, they CityWire would track that fund manager, not the fund. And they'd come up with a star rating for managers. And so it was very much based on the idea that individuals could beat the market. And mm -hmm. The best people could consistently beat the market. And then when I worked in investment banking, the belief was exactly the same. You know, we'd write research for investment banks and we'd, re we'd write research for fund managers like pension funds and um, also sovereign wealth funds. But anyone who is a professional investor would read our research. Again, the idea was that they could beat the market. And it was never even considered that that wasn't possible. So that I think of as the alpha cult, because mm. you never realize you're in a cult until you step out indoctrinated after, after leaving the cult. Yeah. So after leaving my investment bank, I kind of read up on this and I realized that a lot of this supposed outperformance is just a myth. You know, it's just not true. And a lot of the fund management industry actually underperforms their index. So that was a shock to me. No, very, very true. I, I completely agree. And I've seen all the studies you're talking about. With regards to active management, a lot of it is to do with, there's luck, which plays a big part in it. There's a bias called survivorship bias. I don't know if you've heard of this, Nassim Taleb. And he talks about the fact that if somebody got lucky, this is the difficult thing in the market. If somebody got lucky, they won't know the difference between, okay, I got lucky off pure luck or skill. And that's the real difficulty. So if, some, if an active manager gets lucky, his strategy is doing well for say one to two years. It'll be in the news. It'll be, this is guy's incredible. Loads of inflows of cash into his fund and he'll be really successful. And then suddenly he'll stop on, he'll stop outperforming. That's it. All the money will flow out and he'll be fired and whatever. And it's a crazy industry and obviously the fees and the hedge fund fees. And, and, but yeah, do you have any tips for investors for what your top three, let's say, investing tips? I think the first one, which really simplifies things is to think really long term. So if you think about decades and here we're talking about, you know, 20, 30 years for investment, 
then even if there's a terrible crash, it doesn't matter, you know, because you're going to make it up over the next 20, 10 or 20 years. And when there is a crash, you just buy more. So if that, that's true if you buy an index, if you buy a whole market, and that way you can just see through the volatility, ignore it, don't listen to YouTube, don't listen mm. to me, just invest your money, leave it, and you'll probably end up with a very good outcome. Yeah. Whereas if you're trying to pick stocks, you know, you have to, you have to do that on a daily basis, you have to track companies, you have to spend a lot of time mm. invested in that. And for most people, that just won't fit with their lifestyle. Yeah. They haven't got time to kind of research stocks or worry about mm. uh, rebalancing, for example. So that's that's the first tip. Think long term. And then the second thing is fees. So if on average markets return 6% every year, then if you're paying 2% in fees, you've given away a third of your gains. So there should be as few snouts in the trough because yeah. many people will want to eat your gains. Yeah. Uh, but there should be as few people between you and your investments as possible. And that way the fees will eat less of your gains and so you can have a platform for 0.15 percent per year and then you can have um funds which are 0.2 percent per year so all in you know you should be paying less than about 0.4 percent away fees will just eat eat away at those gains and especially if you're investing into an index fund and you're getting yeah six to eight percent nine percent returns and it's you're getting you're paying a one to two percent fee or a hedge fund and they're taking what is it two and twenty five and they're taking a lot of the, those profits so yeah, that that is a risk, and obviously over time, power of compound interest, you won't get that benefit because that's been eaten away um, over time. Yeah, so great tip there. And the third one is really kind of a psychological one, which is knowing yourself and being honest about what you can do. Many people, when they're successful in the stock market, say they make a twenty percent return in one year or even a hundred percent return, they think it's down to their skill, because that's just our nature. Psychologically, we're wired to do that. And if we make a loss, we blame it on someone else. I got bad advice. I watched this video and it told me to buy it. But the truth is that you can't beat markets consistently easily. It's very difficult. Even professional people, as we've said, fail to do that. So I think knowing yourself and being evidence-based, look at what's worked in the past and do a strategy which is likely to work for you. And one strategy won't work for everyone. You know, I think for many people, investing in an index fund works, very little maintenance, but that might not be true for you. And I know that you, Ben, like to buy single stocks. So if that works for you, then, you know, do that. I completely agree with that. Self-awareness, knowing your own psychology, knowing your own investing goals, what you're trying to achieve and knowing what you enjoy, enjoy doing as well. Really, for most people, they should just be in investing into index funds. And I actually say that on the channel sometimes. I say for most people, put, let's say, 50, 60% of your money into index funds. If you have got the time, you've got the inclination, you want to do the research, you want to try out your skills against the market to beat the market over time, then do that and try and pick individual stocks. But understand when you make a gain, is that gain from the market, just from luck, is it that survivorship bias again? Or is it from your skill? If you know the difference yourself, that's really powerful. Um, a lot of people don't, they might invest into a crazy penny stock, it might 10X, they'll become a multimillionaire and then suddenly they're a genius. 
if that happens, you need to understand, well, actually, did the strategy I used to invest into that stock, was it a good strategy? If it was, then fair enough. Yeah, what, what are your thoughts on cryptocurrency, on Dogecoin? I imagine you're not, you're not invested into uh, Dogecoin especially. Well, not Dogecoin, but I did buy some <laughs> Ethereum. Ah. And I bought it right at the market top. So the reason why I did it was because I wanted to learn about it. And another thing I'll be looking at is get, generating yield from stable coins, because that yeah. gives you roughly to over 10% yield. For me, just understanding the risks behind that would be really interesting. And I think the best way to do that is have skin in the game. You know, you invest it, you see how it works, what the risks are. And I might lose money, you know, and I'm happy to do that. But I think I think generally investing in crypto is very much a risky business. I mean, it's like the Financial Conduct Authority says you should expect to lose 100 percent of that money. <laughs> yeah. Whereas that wouldn't be the case for index funds because they're so heavily regulated. I face a lot of pressure and I'm sure you do from it's a hot topic at the moment. People want on YouTube to be covering it more. But you've got to obviously believe in the potential that it's going to make people money over time um, if you're going to cover content on your channel. And yeah, with cryptocurrency, I've, I've done a whole playlist on cryptocurrency, but I always, I've always said this from day one. I personally wouldn't make it more than five, maybe 10% if I was really crypto bull um, of my entire portfolio. And it's just that volatility. Like valuing a business, valuing a stock, which is a portion of a company is hard enough like what is the true value of Bitcoin? What is the true value of any of these currencies? That's my issue. Could It could be worth $10, it could be worth 50,000, it could be worth 100,000. Limit allocation, or if you're interested in trading, maybe just have a go at trading if you wanna try try that game. But I do think Ethereum, like you said, is probably the best because it's a platform. If you have any, have any comments on what we've discussed in today's video, please do comment below. Remember guys, if you do appreciate the value in this video, feel free to give it a big, thumbs up that helps out tremendously the channel if you haven't joined the family yet go ahead and hit that subscribe button turn that notification bell on with that being said guys thank you guys so much for watching i hope you all have an incredible day and i'll see you in my next video invest safe